This is Ozarks at Large. The Harlem Renaissance came about during a time of incredible unrest for the black community in America, due in large part to the Red Summer of 1919. Racial terrorism took place all across America, with the most deadly attack happening in Elaine, Arkansas. Out of that time came artistic legends like writer Langston Hughes, singer Billie Holiday, and painter Jacob Lawrence. In the latest episode of Undiscipline, host Karee Banton talks with Sharon Killian about the correlation between reckoning and artistry. Sharon is an artist herself, as well as the president of Art Ventures and the Northwest Arkansas African American Heritage Association. Here's an excerpt from the latest episode produced by Ozarks at Large's Matthew Moore. As we said, you know, your work certainly at Art Ventures and the Northwest Arkansas African-American Heritage Association certainly reminds us of the importance of black art as a tool for liberation and for as movement work, right? And this is why it's so important to us and the concerns that we have in the study of African and African-American studies. As I mentioned earlier, you've been involved in a number of works here, mostly murals and so on. And... I know in recent times, there has been some efforts to deface some of the murals and, you know, things like that that have been painted here. In July, a white pride was painted over the building on Martin Luther King Boulevard in Fayetteville. And um, I know the local artist painted over the sign with a different message that says, Love Unites Us. And that was then painted over with Love Weakens Us. And so I'm wanting to, you know, for you to talk about your involvement with the series of murals across Northwest Arkansas and the post-George Floyd summer uprisings. And what do you think it represents for the Northwest Arkansas community? I gathered a group of young folk and artists and we did a mural at what I call the protest corner on Dixon and College. And it has still not been defaced. You know, we actually thought it could be at some point. It did generate a variety of uh, outlook for and against, you know, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter and all that. But it hasn't been defaced. And that's a good thing, I think. It says something. It's very complicated because the church across the parking lot, St. Paul's, had a Black Lives Matter banner ripped up more than once, I think. And just across the way, they haven't done anything to it. Nothing so far has happened. It's still beautiful and bright, and lots of different people are coming to take pictures. Families are taking pictures in front of it, and I'm glad that they're drawn to it. You know, of course, we used resource materials, but the basis for the, the, that mural are people who, are, who live here and have lived in the community. I'm not really sure how to parse that. Does it have anything to do with the fact that it, it was Black people who were leading that charge to put that up and maybe there's some concern? I don't know. I believe the murals that you were talking about on MLK were put up by a, an artist who was, I don't know if I could say this person is white, identified. All I can tell you about that part is that I really don't know who, what, when, I don't think they figured it out. But I do know that people came into town and drove, you know, drove their, their uh, pickup trucks up and down MLK, you know, uh, with the Confederate flag flying up in there, with the slave flag, as I call it, flying big and bright. 
you know, and I think it's supposed to be a real true insult, you know, especially since they changed the name from Sixth Street to MLK. We keep trying to make change, right? There have been other murals of black culture and other cultures around, and there have been many different kinds of controversies, like, for instance, for the series of uh, artworks that come into the gallery for, say, Black History Month, every one of those pieces are done by black artists. So it's not like an ally kind of thing or somebody who likes black skin or likes to paint black skin. It's They're all by black artists because there's a certain thing about authenticity that is important to me and I think important to people. So if you're there and you can do it, then that's what that's what we want. I think that, um, you know, everybody doesn't feel that way. And I think some of that happens when you can't find enough people in the community, but you just, you have to keep looking because we are here. We are either here among you, or you might have to go looking around a little bit, go a little bit farther away, because really it's not as if you're not connected anyway. There are not enough of us perhaps, but you've got to keep working at it. What are your feelings about the juxtaposition of black art alongside, you know, I know you, you, the, you've spoke about the work you've done with the cemetery and the black cemetery is right next to the Confederate cemetery. So oh, I'm wondering, one, yes. yeah, what, what are your feelings about the juxtaposition of black art alongside Confederate memorials or, you know, black lightness or you know, sculptures or anything like that? being used as a replacement for that kind of, um, you know, historical memorials? Well, when we talk about the historical memorials of the Confederacy, you know, they're losers, right? And they lost and they're wrong. And they're trying to glorify this negative, hateful, barbaric practice. Okay. And it's never something that should have been glorified and, and putting up the fancy guys in their quote unquote fancy, you know, uniforms to perpetuate a lie. So it's not like it's real. So take it down. And, and as a matter of fact, they were put up, a lot of them were put up to scare me. Okay. They were put up to say white supremacy is the thing. Okay. And it is right. Well, no. So they need to come down. And actually, the fact of the matter is, if replacing it with a black person on a horse, replacing it with a reflection of black is more like the truth. Because while you were whipping my back, okay, I was building this place. The truth of the matter is, I stand tall. And if you want to put up a statue to memorialize power, mine goes up not your loser statue. Did you know that a lot of these statues were placed in places that were actually lynching places? Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Take it down, you know. <laughs> so my final question for you, are you optimistic that we will see more of this kind of flowering of art in Northwest Arkansas, the region and the nation? I'm always concerned that it's going to go away the next minute. I really am. I, I hope it doesn't, but it's not like it's the first time, you know. We're trying to keep the momentum up, but it's not only up to us. Uh, there's a lot of work for white society to do, to be truthful and to accept the fact that we're equals. 
we've been trying for so long, you know, I always am I'm concerned that it's not going to, that we're going to, it's going to go away. I'm always concerned it's going to go away. I, and I tend to be a very optimistic person, you know. <laughs> you can listen to this entire conversation and every episode of Undiscipline wherever you get your podcasts. This is Ozarks at Large.